0: Long-time listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with ByHeart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is ByHeart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. Additional terms and conditions apply. Today's episode
1: is brought to you by our sponsor, Elmhurst, a brand you'll find if you peek in my very own pantry. Their plant-based milks have more nutrition and whole grains than other leading brands and are made without gums, emulsifiers, or carrageenan. Because simple doesn't have to mean less. Use the promo code HUNGRY to get 20% off your next purchase at elmhurst1925.com.
2: Because sometimes you have to fill up your own cup, right? Like you have to pick things that will bring you joy. That's especially important if you're the primary parent who's doing the meal planning and doing a lot of the cooking. It's helpful to keep your mojo and keep some magic there by picking things that you're excited about too.
1: Hey, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan.
2: And this is Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding families. Because man, kids need to eat a lot. And frequently too. This week we are pre-recording an episode that will air at the end of August before Stacey leaves on a huge family vacation to Turkey.
1: Yeah, not to eat Turkey, a country called Turkey. And I'm making that bad joke. Because my kids can't stop making that bad joke. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, What
2: is one thing? You've been to Turkey before because you have family there, right? What is one thing you're looking forward to doing? No, you haven't.
1: Megan. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, Megan, I'm Greek.
1: And the Greeks are very upset that I'm going to Turkey.
2: (laughs) Oh, we have talked about this before.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, why you go there? No, well,
2: I'll, no, just no. Ed, I'll just edit it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I did, what's it called? 23 in me. I did one of those genetic things. Oh yeah. Even though it was so boring. It was like, you're Greek and Greek. You're very Greek. Some more Greek and very, very Greek. Oh, and look, you're zero one Turkish. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, we are all the same. (laughs) The, The Greeks and the Turks were all the same, but you know, Greeks and Turks, there's like a long history. We're kind of stuck back in ancient times. And so sometimes the Greeks don't like when you go to Turkey, but I have been before Michael and I went to Istanbul many years ago before we had kids. And it was one of the most intriguing and beautiful cities. We had the best time. But we just, we went quickly. We were, we were actually in Greece, <laughs> traveling <laughs> across Northern Greece. And we were like, why not let's just pop over into Istanbul to like, check it out. And just fell in love with it and decided that it was time to go back and take the kids. So we're going back to Istanbul, but we're going to travel around too. I'm, I'm really, really excited,
2: excited for you. And it's a great family vacation right before you start back to school. My kids are starting back to school next week. That is bananas. I know. It's like the middle of August and they're starting back. But there are many reasons why I'm excited for them to go back to school. And one of them I want to share in our what we're digging this week. So every week, Stacey and I will share one new kitchen thing or food thing we're loving. It can be a product, a trick, a technique, anything that's making life easier or more delicious. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that we've been doing this little project called 30 screen-free days of summer. When we came back from Atlanta in July, we just felt like our kids were tired and grumpy all the time and that they were spending way too much time plugged into their iPads and their Kindles and we just needed like a hard reset. So what I'm doing this week is this book called 150 plus screen-free activities for kids. And that might not seem like it's related to food or being in the kitchen at all, but a lot of the little projects in there use things that are in your pantry. Like you can make Play-Doh from stuff that's in your pantry. You can make this sort of like foam sand from baking soda and shaving cream, which shaving cream's not in your kitchen, but you know what I mean. And we do a lot of those (laughs) projects in our kitchen and doing this screen-free project and using this book as a resource has been kind of transformative for our family. It's gotten me reconnected with my kids and and their emotions and I feel like having less screen time has made them nicer people. <laughs> like so who I want to be around more, but it's like the crux of modern parenting, right? Is like we have all this technology that can help us so that we can get more done and sometimes we use it a little too much as like maybe a crutch to get more done and then we're disconnected from our families. And so giving them that attention has been really rewarding, if not exhausting. My three year old, who's usually hard to put down, has been crashing on the couch at night before bedtime, which I sort of love. So I love this book. It's a great resource. Stacey, what are you digging this
1: week? I love that. And I have to say that we have done that before. Just a month of no screens. And after the first couple of days of whining and moaning, it has been such a huge success for us too. So I think that's very, very cool. Although I will admit we are in opposite mode because my kids have been home after three weeks of sleepaway camp where there's no technology. You're not even allowed to bring your Kindle. You have to have just paper books. Revolutionary. (laughs) Imagine that. So they have been like screens please, like catching up on, you know, Fortnite and their favorite (laughs) shows. And, you know, we just recently moved back into our home after nine months of being out of it. So I'm still kind of unpacking and setting up and trying to get ready for this big trip. And then they go back to school three days after we get back from our trip. So I'm like, sure, guys, catch up on your screens. Yes.
2: I <laughs> so we are in opposite always... mode, but, yes. I, but I applaud what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I am actually digging something completely different. We are getting ready to go on a plane, do a bunch of travel. And like I said, as soon as we come back, it's right back into school and they're going to be tired and jet lagged. So I am starting one of our key back-to-school routines a little bit early this year. So I don't save our vitamins and elderberry and our cold and flu routine just for cold and flu season. I actually do it all school year long. So I already revealed part of it. I do elderberry from September onward. And now I'm starting it August this year. So we're prepared for travel. Wait, can you say more
2: about the elderberry? Is it a syrup or do you do like capsules? Yep. We do
1: an elderberry syrup. So it's just pure elderberry. And if you have small kids, young kids, they make a formulation that's a little bit weaker for younger kids. Okay. But I just get it at Whole Foods or your natural food store. You can get it at Amazon. Um, I'll link to a couple of the brands that I like. Uh, yes, please. but honestly, they're kind of all the same. Some of them just taste different. So Isaac likes one that has a less sweet and more tart flavor. Oliver, of course, likes the sweeter one. And then we are starting our vitamins right away. And I actually discovered a brand new vitamin that I'm kind of digging that I want to share with everybody. Okay. It's called Renzo's Have you heard of these? I have not. Yeah, they're brand new. Okay. And we'll link to them. I'll also link to other brands that I like because there are a couple on the market that I think are pretty great. But Renzos are non-GMO. They are vegan. They are gluten-free. And they have no sugar. And they are still gummy vitamins. Which is fun. Which is great because I like them because for a while, you know that Isaac was dairy-free. Right. And it was really, really hard to find a vitamin that fit the bill. And also a lot of these gummy vitamins are packed with sugar. Right. I mean, to the point where, have you seen, <laughs> I had kids over, like for sleepovers who don't take vitamins and would see my kids take their vitamins in the morning. They're like, ooh, can I have that? Like <laughs> fiending for them because it's like candy. So I really like these because my kids like them, but they are not packed with sugar. And they have really interesting formulas like the picky eater multi. They have one that's iron, which we don't use anymore. But when Isaac was younger, he needed an iron supplement and he had to take the most disgusting tasting liquid. And this one's really (laughs) tasty. We sampled it. They have a bright and brainy B6 and they also have a D3. And I know that D3 deficiency is a really big thing right now with a lot of kids. So um, I'll throw the link up there. I think these are pretty great. Full disclosure, they did give me free samples, not for this podcast, just because, you know, I'm out there. I've been a food writer for a long time, but I was not paid to share this. I had no obligation to share it. I just got the samples. My kids really like them. And love them. And now we have actually purchased more with our own money because we just like them.
2: I know I'm on the their website right now. Their packaging is great too, which is just a little plus.
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh,
2: I want to order them and try them. I think that's a really great point too that you brought up is like, do you taste test your kids' vitamins? I know I do because we tried a probiotic gummy once and Ella. My six-year-old refused to eat it, and it was hard to understand why. And then we tasted it, and it was, like, shockingly sweet to the point that she didn't enjoy eating it. And so we switched vitamins. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of excited now. I want to try Renzo's.
1: Yeah, they're really great. I really like them.
2: This week's episode is all about one of my favorite subjects, something that I love and I do every single week, meal planning. One part of a two-part series where we will be talking about meal planning and meal prep. And I will confess that I'm a great meal planner and a terrible meal prepper. So we have an expert, Miss Tracy Benjamin of Shutterbean, who is a prolific meal prepper, who will be talking to us next week about how she meal preps and why she does it and how meal prep is a form of self-care for her. But Cece, I
1: have a question. Do you meal plan or meal prep? I would meal prep if I could make my meal prep look as beautiful as Tracy's <laughs> right <laughs> I mean, it's insane. you guys if you don't already follow Shutterbean on Instagram and her site too, you have to. It's ridiculous. It's very inspiring. but here's the deal. I mentioned this in our school lunch episodes, which hopefully you have listened to already and if you haven't, go back and well go back and subscribe so you right don't that's miss the anything. Way. But also you can go download our three-part series, which has already aired on School Lunch. And I talk about how I do meal prep a little bit. By that, I mean, I cook some things in bulk to have on hand. Like I'll cook a pound of pasta, like elbows or, you know, linguine, you know, or I'll roast, you know, two pints of cherry tomatoes with like five heavy glugs of olive oil and a whole bunch of salt. And then that can become a dinner if like I'm in a pinch or I'll grab pesto from the freezer or store bought pesto and throw it with the elbows to make a school lunch because that's what Oliver loves. He loves pesto pasta, you know, so I'll do things like that. Or uh, if I'm making rice and beans for dinner one night, I'll double the rice and then I'll have rice already cooked for another night. So I do that kind of meal prep, but nothing too serious. Like I'm not one of those people who goes in the kitchen on Sunday and preps for an hour or two to have everything ready for the week. But I do meal plan religiously. Every Sunday I meal plan and I order my groceries online almost every single week. I guess that might be easier for me because I live in New York City. I don't know, but that's just like you know, getting in the car or in an Uber or on the subway and going to get my groceries and figuring out my way home is just too huge a pain. So I sit down meal plan. I get online right away. I order my groceries. I get it delivered for Monday afternoon because that works with my schedule. And then I go from there every week.
2: So when you eat on Sunday night, do you guys just do whatever's in the fridge or you eat out on Sunday nights?
1: Yeah. So I usually plan the whole week Okay, and we tend to only eat meat, I would say like two to three times a week. And I eat the meat meals at the beginning of the week so that the meat doesn't go bad. So it's usually vegetarian meals or pantry meals at the end of the week. So by Sunday, it will be, you know, a pasta or something like that. Something really easy, pasta with beans. And then like the heartiest vegetables, like kale can last for the week, broccoli. Also at this time of year, I try to incorporate farmer's market meals. And on the farmer's market is on Saturday by me. Oh, so that's pretty so, perfect. Yeah. So yeah. Sunday and Monday get farmer's market meals and farmer's market veggies. And that's how I kind of fill in. Also, I incorporate going out meals. So I have one date night a week. And then we try to go out with the kids once a week if we can. And then we have pizza Friday also.
2: We also do pizza Friday. How do you feel about meal planning though? Like, do you love meal planning? Is it just something that you do? Do because it makes life easier. I really want to know
1: what's your relationship <laughs> I I like all of a with your meal I'm planning. Like, I'm a guest being interviewed because you're like the master. <laughs> I really, really love meal
2: planning, but that shouldn't influence your answer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do. It just, it just is what it is. Like it's just, it's breathing. If I don't do it, <laughs> my week feels like chaos. I feel like I don't. I hate the feeling of going to the fridge and not knowing what I'm going to make. Right? That like six six o'clock
2: stomach where you're hungry, the kids are whining, and you're like, I don't know what's for dinner tonight. What am I going to pull? What kind of magic am I going to pull out of here? It's stressful.
1: It's the worst. Yes. It's the worst. So I like feeling like, okay, these are two or three options. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm beholden to like, Monday has to be this, Tuesday has to be this. It's basically like four or five meals that are, you know, available to me and they can switch around. And yeah, like I, I, I need that for my sanity. So I just do it. I stick to 10 minutes. I have a chapter in my cookbook, Make It Easy, on how to meal plan for people who hate to meal plan. <laughs> because I think I started out as someone who kind of resented having to meal plan.
2: Yeah, there is that, right? I understand that's a roadblock to it for a lot of people.
1: And I think that I hated it because I took too long.
2: Yeah. When I started meal planning, I was a new mom. I had a new baby and I had just gone back to work and life felt crazy. And so I was like, I'm going to sit down every weekend with 27 magazines and 47 cookbooks and plan out a meal for every single night and lunches, and it's going to be like super organized. And then life happens in the middle of those weeks. And there were so much wasted groceries. And then I just felt really frustrated with meal planning. But I think I fell in love with meal planning when I figured out how to do it correctly. And I agree with you that 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes, if you're just starting out meal planning, is all it should take for you to look at a list of food that you know your family loves which you should be kind of creating and thinking about and select a couple things from that look at your calendar for the week and see oh we have soccer this night and I have a late meeting this night and plan for meals that work with your schedule and then you should be done meal planning you should pick out 3 or four. I always suggest people start with 3 meals Um, And work up to planning a whole week. But if you're new to meal planning, like three is a perfect number, three or four. And then that gives you some wiggle room in case, you know, you don't get home really late or you go out to dinner instead with friends from school. You can move things around a little bit if you only plan three or four. But it should take you just about 10 minutes to meal plan for the week. I like to make it a little ritual. And maybe this is part of why I love it is that on Friday nights, we do pizza night. And I clean out the fridge so I can like make a list of things that I need to use up. It's part of why we do pizza night on Fridays because we can order delivery or we can use pizza to use up leftovers from the fridge. And then after the fridge is cleaned out, I make myself a cocktail and I sit with my cocktail and write my meal plan for the week. And it's like this lovely little ritual that ends my week. And I know what's on my meal plan for the following week on Friday night. So when we go to the farmer's market on Saturday or we do other grocery shopping throughout the weekend,
1: I can pick up what I need without like thinking about it. It's already planned. And that's the best part about it. I like not having to think about it. And that's, I think people think that because we work in food, that we just love to think about food all the time. Oh no. And the truth is thinking about Like your family's meals is like not the best part of our job. (laughs) That's not what we want to think about. (laughs) Like thinking about these fun conversations for our podcast or thinking about pitching stories (laughs) or dreaming up a new recipe, like that's one thing. And that's really freaking different than thinking about like what our nine year old is going to, you know, want to eat on Wednesday night.
2: (laughs) Why is Wednesday night the worst? I feel like it Uh, always is. The worst. (laughs) (laughs) I've written a lot about meal planning on thekitchen.com, including that I have a weekly meal planning series where I share a meal plan every week. It's called Next Week's Meal Plan. But one of the things that we talk about when we talk about meal planning there is that in that 10 minutes, you're answering the question, What is for dinner tonight? one time instead of answering it every night throughout the week. And you'd be really surprised the like piece that just answering that question will bring to your after school evening routine. Like having a plan in place really does alleviate a ton of stress. But
1: I have a question for you. Sure what, like, what, what happens when you're just not inspired? Like, don't you just have those weeks where you're like, I just don't give a crap what we eat. Like, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) That's a really fun question. That's a really fun question.
2: Okay. So a couple of different techniques. One is, and this is like the most fun is I have let my, my 6 year old plan meal plans, like let her pick what we're having every night for a week. And my husband, which it's, it's like a lot of times all it does is just inspire me as a jumping off point. Like she'll be like, okay, on Monday night, we're going to have hot dogs. And I might, I don't love a hot dog to be honest, but I might think, oh, that's a great idea. Actually we'll do like sheet pan sausage with peppers and onions for dinner. And then she might be like, oh, and one night I want to have breakfast for dinner. And and in her mind, she might be thinking like, oh, I'm going to get pancakes just covered in syrup. But I might think, oh, breakfast for dinner, great. We'll have a frittata because we have kale that needs to be used up in the fridge. So one technique is to ask for help from the rest of your crew, your family, your husband. Also, that's always like a good way to break up a rut if I feel like we're eating the same thing every week over and over, which is not bad. But if we just like needed a fresh start, asking my husband what he wants to eat is helpful, and asking my kids. And then another technique for me personally, when I am not inspired by meal plans, is to get online and look at other people's. I look at my past meal plans from next week's meal plan. And Cece, I know that for a while on Cool Mom Eats, you were writing a weekly meal plan, and I looked at those. For inspiration, but I try not to start from scratch ever when I'm making a meal plan, even if it's just saying, okay, I know on Mondays we like to eat pasta. On Tuesdays we're gonna have tacos or taco salad. On Wednesdays we're gonna have breakfast and then pizza. We always know we're gonna have a pizza night of some kind. So having some templates also helps when you don't know what you want to eat the following week.
1: And I definitely, when I was writing those Cool Mom Eats meal plans, I was definitely in a groove, and a huge part of it was that those became a place where I recorded a lot of my inspiration. And since I'm not writing those anymore, I realized that I'm flying by the seat of my pants a lot more. Yes. And I'm running into trouble, which goes back to this whole thing of (laughs) when you know, when you answer the question (laughs) and you know what you're doing you feel better. So, you know, it it, it's, this is for our audience. When you (laughs) meal plan and you have a place where you just kind of log it, like whether it's a spreadsheet, a Google doc, a notebook, and then you just kind of flip back and maybe you even like star highlight the recipes or the meals that your family really loves. You don't have to reinvent the wheel week after week. You just pull in a couple of those favorites, slot in a pizza night, and then there you go. Like that's when you start to like get it down to 10 minutes. You know, once you've done that for six months and you've highlighted a bunch of stuff, you have a really big library to draw from.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by One Potato, the only organic meal kit delivery service specifically designed for families. Each week, One Potato delivers semi prepared ingredients to make meals that both kids and parents love in no time flat, along with tips on how to encourage kids to try new foods. To learn more, visit onepotato.com.
2: And make it easy, you talk about creating this list of like the top 10 things that your family loves to eat,
1: which is kind yeah. of what
2: you're saying here like, get in a groove and start.
1: Saving your favorites. That's right. I think that's a huge one. The biggest complaint I hear at home is that I don't do enough repeat meals because I'm always experimenting with recipes. Yes. And I'm always trying to do like the next thing. Your family wants what they like <laughs> more frequently. <laughs> don't feel bad. You're not, suppo- you're not a restaurant. They don't want you to like do something new every single night. I feel like a lot of people think feel that pressure that they're supposed to do some like new crazy thing all the time. Yes. Like people like eating their favorite foods. It's called comfort food for a reason. Your home. That's what they want. We talked about
2: this as when we were talking about school lunch also in previous episodes that repetition is good. It kind of like sets your kids up for expectations and they feel comforted by knowing that they're going to have tacos on Tuesday or that they're going to have pizza every Friday. And that's like a family tradition. So don't shy away from creating traditions and creating
1: repetition at all when you're meal planning. But this begs the question, because I'm sure you've heard this, you run a meal planning Facebook group. Yes. It's called meal plan club and anyone can join. There you go. So you guys should join. I'll share it in the show notes. Yes. And so I'm sure you hear this. I have heard this tons, but I want variety, but like I planned that for Monday and that's not what I want to eat. It sounds like to me, what I'm hearing is that both you and I are comfortable with a certain amount of repetition and, you know, like following a little bit of structure, like, okay, Tuesdays we're eating tacos, Fridays we're having pizza. Like there's some predictability, there's stability. This really goes with our personalities too. I feel like yes. i weirdly <laughs> psychoanalyzing us, but like, right? Like this works for us. Yes. It doesn't work for everybody. What do you say to those people?
2: Um, there's two questions to address here, I feel like. The one of, like, Ooh, I feel... Break it down, right? Megan, right, 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 Break it down. Also, Stacey, you're very good at playing, like, devil's advocate. You're like, I love meal planning. <laughs> I'm but an what agitator. what about everyone else who hates meal planning? Okay, so the 1st agitator. The first question is, how do, as a parent who's meal planning... How do you create space for also what you enjoy? Not always like just planning for what you you know your kids will eat and what will make everyone else happy, to which I would say like, yes, create some repetition, but leave some room for play. And every once in a while on my meal plan, I include a meal that is strictly for me, like I will make a huge farmer's market salad and the kids will have the vegetables from that and then they will have frozen chicken nuggets on the side. Like, and I'm okay with that because sometimes you have to fill up your own cup, right? Like you have to pick things that will bring you joy. That's especially important if you're the primary parent who's doing the meal planning and doing a lot of the cooking. It's helpful to keep your mojo and keep some magic there by picking things that you're excited about too. And you know what's really funny lately when I do that? I like, or or I make a smoothie for myself. It's like a super green smoothie and I don't serve any of it to the kids. They want to know. They were like, well, what's that? What are you having? Can I try some of that? There's like a little bit of magic in taking care of yourself and watching and and making sure that your kids see that you're getting joy from meal planning or from something that's like different than what you think they will enjoy.
1: I love that. It's a little mystery. It's like, oh... Oh, this, this, oh, this, nothing. old, this old
2: thing, uh, this old green <laughs> kale
1: cauliflower
2: smoothie, oh, nothing. But then there was a <laughs> second part of your question, Stacy, which was what about like people who don't have sort of a regimented schedule, like a Monday through Friday kind of gig. And they just feel like meal planning doesn't work for them. I can't speak to this a lot. I think Tracy, our guest next week, she'll answer some questions about this. But I I know a lot of people who don't like meal planning, which is like writing down the five recipes you're going to cook next week. They rely on meal prep instead. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to make shrimp scampi on Monday night, they might instead like prep a bunch of roasted shrimp that they can eat hot or cold throughout the week and then... Um, they might make a little sauce during their meal prep or roast a bunch of veggies and the chicken and then they can turn that into dinner without having such a strict plan. It's like on Monday night, they can pull stuff that they prepped on Sunday and make dinner. But on Tuesday night, they could go out because that's what their schedule allows. I think it works really well for smaller families and also like if you're a single person, Who's not a parent who listens to this podcast? Shout out to you, one. And two, meal prep is a great way to still eat healthy and like keep your food budget in check without wasting food is like to meal prep stuff on Sunday so you can eat well throughout the week.
1: And can we talk a little bit about budget and food waste? Because I think that those are two aspects of meal planning that don't really get enough attention. That they're, huge benefits that, you know, if you're not motivated by reducing your stress, which, uh, you know, I mean, hey, <laughs> I, that's <laughs> Who enough for want me. Less stress, yes. That's enough for me, but, you know. Or, or maybe it's such a painful activity for you that you're like, eh, not worth it. But, like, what about also throwing in the fact that you're going to save tons of money because you're going to buy just what you need. And also you're going to reduce food waste, which is not just an environmental thing. When you reduce food waste, you're actually saving money too, because you're not throwing money down the drain. Yeah, And that is also was a huge factor for me because I have to admit my grocery bill is sky high. It's also a tax write-off and I'm (laughs) developing recipes all the time. So, but then when I started to look at the fact that you know, I was throwing tons of food away. I also started meal planning around my recipe development. Yes.
2: That's something I do too, which isn't really relevant to a lot of people. Sometimes I feel like that's weird to be like, uh, I'm testing a recipe and it's also going to be dinner. But I think that's a good point of like leftovers. When you meal plan, you can plan for leftovers and again, reduce a bunch of waste.
1: Yeah. I think in general, the idea of planning around food, you know, even if you're not a food professional, planning around food and thinking ahead, even just a little bit and making sure you buy what you need and that you use that food up is so important to sticking to a budget. Yes. Which is something that I know is really, really important to most of us. Yes.
2: And the other thing is that if you're planning well, you can also often rely on things that are in your pantry and in your freezer if you have a week where you've blown through your food budget it's like the end of the month and you need to still feed your family, but you don't have as much money to work with. I do this regularly just to clean out my pantry because as a food writer and a recipe developer, it gets really full sometimes. And so we'll just, I'll just have a week where I'm like, okay, we're just eating from the pantry and freezer this week. To clear it out. And so I'll look at what's in there and I'll plan my meals strictly around what I already have. And then I maybe have to run to the store
1: for three or four things to supplement what's already in our kitchen. I love that. I think it's great. And it circles back to how you start your meal planning, which I don't think enough people talk about, which is starting with what is in your refrigerator. You know, the idea of you sitting down with a drink and looking at and cleaning out your fridge. I just like that vision. <laughs> you with a slice of pizza <laughs> and, a, and a whiskey going through your fridge. Yeah. But uh, seriously, well, first of all, can we talk about the fact that a clean fridge is extremely important, people? A clean, organized fridge is another way that you can keep yourself sane. I know you may think it doesn't matter, but once you do it, you'll realize that you're going to reduce your stress way more than you think. So if you go in there and it's just a freaking mess and you don't know what's in there and things are old, it's just, especially if you don't like to cook. Yes. You think it's a mess because you don't like to cook and then you're like, ah, but I don't even care because I don't like to cook. But maybe part of why you don't like to cook is because it's chaos. Yes. You know, so go in there once a week and just start to create a quick routine and it becomes more and more quick if you do it regularly. That's the thing you just- I want to say is like, I,
2: I feel like when people hear that I clean out my fridge on Friday, every Friday, that it sounds very arduous. Like, oh, I'm pulling all the shelves out and washing them with hot soapy water. I am not doing that. I am pulling out things that are expired. I'm reorganizing what's in there. If the shelves are dirty, I may be giving them a quick wipe down. I've never timed myself, but I think it takes about five minutes. And it means that I know what's in there and I'm saving money by not wasting food. And I also have my fridge prepped for when I go grocery shopping throughout the weekend. I don't
1: have to like contend with emptying out the fridge to put the fresh food in it. And I do it when I pack my fridge with the groceries that I have. (laughs) I do because I just wipe everything down. yeah, And I make sure that all the fresh stuff goes in the back. Because my fridge is usually pretty empty by the time I'm meal planning. Yep. Because I've used everything up. So I take a quick peek. I see what's in there. Then I know how to meal plan. I order the groceries. The groceries arrive. I take things out. I wipe everything down quick with like a, you know, literally like paper towel or one of those reusable, you know, paper towel things. Yeah. And then I put the fresh stuff in the back and the stuff that needs to be used in the front so that it doesn't go bad. And then I kind of work my way back again. I love that. And it kind of matches up with my meal plan.
2: So I have one more practical question before we jump into our Try This at Home this week and wrap up the show, which is where do you put your meal plan? Do you have a whiteboard in your kitchen? Do you use Google calendars? Do you have a planner? Spill the beans. But where do you put yours? I want to hear yours first. (laughs) Okay. it goes into you're places. the master it goes in two places i have i will always say this incorrectly a letrum notebook that i use as a bullet journal which is like a free form style of a planner so it's basically like just a notebook and i fill up pages with each month and week to week so it goes in there for me with details of like where the recipe might be or what ingredients i'm using up with it And then we have a whiteboard that hangs on the side of our fridge where I just really quickly jot it down. And the reason I do this is because if I'm stuck in a late meeting or my husband has the time and he can start dinner, he can look at what is on the menu for that night and start pulling out ingredients and usually start cooking because he's looped in on what the meal plan is. I think that's important if you're in a partnership To not just be like the sole keeper of the meal plan, but to share it. I know Christine Gallery, who's our food editor at large at the kitchen, she uses Google calendars pretty exclusively for her meal plan and she shares it with her husband. And she links in the calendar to the recipe that they're cooking that night. So if he gets home first, he can pull up the recipe and start pulling out the ingredients and start cooking without her. And I think that helps
1: take some of the workload of meal planning off of her. I love that, and just for fun, I want to start doing that just to watch Mike go into a panic. <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, "Wait, wait, what is it? <laughs> Why is it? What's this mean? But the link for um, do you need me to pick something up on the way home? Like, what?
2: Uh, maybe it would also just be like comforting to him too, like, oh." This is what I know I'm going to uh, come home to. Or hey, let- I won't have burger for lunch because I'm going <laughs> to have it
1: tonight. Hey, let's find out. That's a fun experiment. But it is true that we do, there have been a couple of times when I've cooked something and he comes home and he's like, what's for dinner? And I tell him and he's like, ah, I had that for lunch. I'm like, well, you're having it for dinner too. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So that it could serve that purpose. So I love the way you think that's very progressive. You are very far advanced meal planner than I am. I'm the sole keeper of the meal plan. There's no place in my kitchen to write it up. Nobody knows what's for dinner until it goes onto the plate or they ask, which no one ever asks in advance. Interesting. And I find it very curious. I literally write it in a text edit document on my laptop just so that I don't forget. That's kind of smart
2: though because you've travel a lot with your laptop. Actually, when we were in Atlanta, Erica Hart, who was a makeup artist yes. on our photo shoot, I'll share this in the show notes. She puts her meal plan in her notes on her phone yes. and she includes like the ingredients that she needs so she can check them off like when she's shopping her pantry, but also when she's out and about running errands, she can pick up ingredients that she might've forgotten when she shopped on the weekend. It's That's a really smart way to do it too. Because she taught us how to create a checklist in notes. Yes, she did. And she showed us her meal plan and she was working on some, like working through a vegan cookbook. And it was really fun to chat with her about that.
1: We should link to her Instagram too, because she has a really
2: great one and she's on a journey of self-care and fitness and health. And it's really cool to watch it. And she's just a great soul too. So we'll include that. I want to mention that there are out in the world meal planning apps. If you feel like you need more help than just a notebook or a piece of paper or a whiteboard for meal planning, I'm thinking specifically of one called the Weeknight Society. I know that there are others and I'll try to look in my meal planning group and put some suggestions in the show notes, which if you're interested in meal planning, will also include a big link to the Meal Plan Club with the kitchen Facebook group that anyone can join. There's a lot of great questions and resources in there and everyone's kind of meal planning on their own and sharing together and cheering each other on. And next week we will have Tracy Benjamin, who will be talking about meal prep, which I think is another great way to meal plan without meal planning. And she'll talk about how she uses that as a form of self-care and as a stress reliever too just the the act of meal prepping is great for her but i'm going to give everybody some homework stacy your homework is to share your meal plan in in some way with your family maybe when you're back from turkey get a little whiteboard or create a, even a piece of paper taped to the front of the fridge that says this is what we're eating this week because you should share. Your boys can are at the age now that they can start helping or making suggestions with meal planning and maybe Mike won't have as many repeat lunch and dinners if you do it that way. <laughs> But I will do that. Okay. I can do that. You can do it. I'm going to follow up with you and make you like share with us how you did it in the Instagram stories on didn't I just feed you's Instagram. I loved that. We've got some accountability. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you hear my teeth chatter? Yeah, I do. I do.
2: <laughs> you can do it, Stacey. You can do it. For everyone else, this week's Try This At Home is to plan two or three meals for next week. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the podcast airs. Maybe plan for the rest of the week. You can always pick up meal planning in the middle of the week. You don't have to do it on a Friday or a Sunday like Stacey and I do. So plan two or three meals for your family and see how you feel or how much better you feel having a couple of meals for the week planned. We'd love for you to share your successes with us on Instagram. Tag us at didn't I just feed you. Share on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash didn't I just feed you. Email us with questions. What else, Stacey? How else can they get in touch with us? Well, okay, so
1: Megan, our try this at home is usually a practical takeaway. Do you have like one tip for the person who is just like super struggling, has tried over and over and over and over to meal plan? What this time is going to get them to sit down and try this at home?
2: You know, usually what I say is everyone has... Somewhere saved a recipe that they've been wanting to try and they've maybe been putting off. Like whether you have something saved in your Instagram saves or you have something bookmarked online or a magazine that's dog eared. I would say if you have fallen off the wagon or you are not on the wagon of meal planning. Picking a recipe that you're really excited to cook and eat and looking at it from the meal planning lens is the best way to get the magic and the mojo back. So pick a recipe that you're really excited about. Try to look at it over the weekend and shop for those ingredients. And then if there's anything you can do to prepare it on Sunday night, like whether it's chopping vegetables or making a sauce, do that so that when you get to Wednesday night and you're feeling like you just can't eat takeout. You have this recipe that you're obligated to. You've already made some of the, the components and you really just have to put it together on Wednesday night and you'll, you will feel so much better and feel excited about cooking and eating at home again.
1: I love that. That's great. That's so that's a better helpful. challenge. Okay.
2: <laughs> that's super helpful. Thank you so much for listening to Didn't I Just Feed You?
1: Yes, big thank you to all of you, our listeners. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. This is Stacy. This is Megan. Stay sane and well fed until next week.